0: Hey everybody, welcome to Minneapolis, Minnesota as we head into Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl 52, Patriots and Eagles. I'm Brent Martineau for the Action Sports Shacks Pile On Podcast. Again, no Dan Hicken on this one. He is back in Jacksonville, but we got plenty to cover, including conversations with Jalen Ramsey, Terry Bradshaw, Rod Woodson, a couple of Hall of Famers in there, by the way, Tory Holt, and how about some NASCAR talk with Kevin Harvick, who was at the Super Bowl this week as well so it is all coming up of course our action sports jacks pile on podcast brought to you by the jacksonville Icemen. hockey is back in Jacks. Now, let's talk about this Super Bowl. And I've got to talk about the weather a little bit because you know what? It's been pretty darn cold. <laughs> Simple as that. Hats and gloves kind of weather. Freeze your face off kind of weather. But uh, it's expected. We knew what it was going to be like. We've had temperatures all the way down to 8 below on Friday morning. Uh, warmed up to about 10 degrees later on Friday. But we've hovered around zero or wind chills definitely below zero pretty much most of the days since we've been here On Wednesday. Of course, it won't matter for the football game because that is inside at the brand new stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, where the Vikings play, and we're oh so close to playing in the Super Bowl. Would have been the first NFL team to play a Super Bowl in its home stadium, and they just lost in the NFC Championship game to the Eagles. And I think the Eagles have a fantastic chance to beat the New England Patriots on Sunday. Talk about the game for just a moment before we get to our conversations with all those guests. And uh, listen, I know it's Tom Brady. I get it's Tom Brady. I get it's Bill Belichick. I get it's Rob Gronkowski. I mean, those are three huge players in this football game in terms of coach and player. And uh, probably the three top guys you would name if you put all both teams together. But then after that, I think you'd name a lot of Eagles. And uh, this Eagles football team is pretty deep, pretty good. Both sides of the ball. They have the advantage in the trenches. Uh, Lake City, Columbia's Timmy Jernigan played at Florida State. He's a big part of that defense and uh, was sick most of the week. Didn't practice until Friday. So good news for the Eagles. He's back. Fletcher Cox is a monster. So definitely some... Thing to watch and somebody to keep an eye on on Sunday. Can they get pressure up the middle? Which is usually the kind of the uh, kryptonite to beat Tom Brady if you can get pressure up the middle against him. And uh, the Jags couldn't do a good job of that with Malik Jackson. Marcel Darius was pretty good, but overall they didn't do enough of it. And uh, we'll see if the Eagles can do that and then cover, of course, all those weapons and try to minimize the success of Tom Brady. I think the Eagles can do it. The question is can they get out to a lead? Do they turn the football over or not? And these games come down to that, basically. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to win this game, and I think they're going to do it something to the effect of 27-17. to 17. Uh, I think it will be Eagles – pretty much by 10 in the fourth quarter late. I don't think this is going to come down to anybody's heroics. I think the Eagles will be able to stop the Patriots and score enough against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick's defense, which I think is just pretty average. So that's my take on the football game. We'll see what happens. I know it's very difficult to beat Brady. I know everybody back in Jacksonville is certainly rooting for the Eagles to win the game, and uh, that's really been the sentiment around here. It's Patriots against everybody else because people are kind of sick of uh, the Patriots winning, although if you ask people around who will win the game, most people are probably going to say Tom Brady uh, and the Patriots just because it's so tough to beat Brady and Belichick in these big games, and that has proven out. One guy that just uh, witnessed that for the first time in his NFL career and and felt it and still feels it is Jalen Ramsey, of course, the Jaguars sensational cornerback, uh, first-team All-Pro, uh, first-team well starter at the Pro Bowl last week, uh, got a first taste of that. He is a star. He's a rising star, but he's on his way to superstardom, most likely, in the NFL. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and what's uh, interesting here is he's also got the personality to match it. He is becoming a brand, and I caught up with him on Thursday night here during Super Bowl week. He was at a Tostitos event where he was making nachos, basically, in a contest, and he was putting on quite a show in front of, I'd say, 50 or 60 fans that were kind of huddled inside this tent with heat, thankfully, and. Uh, He was doing a great job playing it up to the crowd. Uh, We talk to him all the time in the locker room. I know he makes headlines with a lot of things, but it's a smart, articulate young man who kind of knows which direction he wants to take this NFL career on and off the football field. Here's our conversation with Jalen
1: Ramsey during Super Bowl week here in Minneapolis. Welcome to Super Bowl 52. Hi, right, welcome to Super Bowl 52, the Tostitos Center uh, where, where I'm making some nachos. <laughs> How much has your life changed where you're making nachos now? You're not just
0: playing football, but there's other things involved, right?
1: Uh, yeah, my life is. Uh, I'm a man of many, of, many, of many attributes nowadays. I can do a lot of different things, I'm asked to do a lot of different things. Uh, but, I, you know, me, I'm always having fun in everything I'm doing, so I, I try to find the fun in everything, and I try to pick specific things that are fun that I can interact with, uh, you know, some of the supporters of the Jaguars or my fans or the NFL in general. you notice that your brand has gotten bigger and bigger here in year number two with the All-Pro, the Pro Bowl, and probably some of the things that you've made headlines with saying or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I definitely notice. It's, it's, it's all been a part of the. It's, it's all been a part of the madness. I got a method to the madness. So um, it's all been a part of the plan. And honestly, at the end of the day, I'm just blessed. Uh, you know, I'm counting my blessings each and every day and every night. And I'm, I'm just happy to be in the position I'm in. Do you think about this long term more than just football kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely, you know, I mean, 98% of the time, all I think about is football. but. The other 2% I'm thinking about, uh, you know, how I can set my family up for success, uh, set my, you know, my kids, my grandkids, great-grandkids up for success later down the line. How was a Pro Bowl? It was amazing. It was everything that, um, you know, I, I had would have dreamed that it would have been. Great experience.
0: What is it about being there amongst your peers and so many great players that, as a young guy, you can interact i mean do you learn things you have conversations you kind of learn about yourself what is it
1: yeah you do have some uh, conversations but me while i was there man i was just living in a moment of everything i was taking in everything i was experiencing everything they had to offer everything anyone had to offer advice uh just a good time and uh it, it was it was amazing man that's it i mean that's really how i, how I explained it. it was just really amazing has it sunk in yet or is it still hard to believe how close you guys were to be in here uh, it's hard to believe man it is still hard to believe how close we were but um, you know I know God has a plan uh, and it just wasn't in his plan for us you know to be to be in the Super Bowl this year uh, with that being said uh, I'm very optimistic on what's to come for us uh, in, the, in the future it's kind of cliche to say hey we'll have, play with a chip on our shoulder now or
0: any of those kind of things but do you think you'll take something motivation-wise into the offseason when you're working out in
1: Nashville or whatever? Uh, Yeah, I mean, um, I think not only in myself, I think in everybody, it's going to be that constant thought in the back of our minds, like, we were this close, let's do extra, whatever it is. Maybe it's doing an extra rep every day, extra couple reps every day. I think everybody's going to have that mindset now. Was, I've been asking everybody: Is there one moment in that game you
0: think back and been like, if we made that one play, or I know a lot of the fans saying if there was that one call, or,
1: but I mean, was there? Is there one that keep when you go to bed at night you're like, uh, it's not a specific one thing, um, but one thing that does you know go on in my mind over and over is that drive before half, uh, when we were up 14 to three I think it was, and uh, they essentially they essentially got walked down the field with a with a few penalties. And they end up scoring, and we went in at halftime 14-10 instead of 14-3. That that runs it back in my mind a little bit. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. It it played out how it played out. You guys have been doing this for 26, 27 weeks. What are you going to do to get away? I mean, do you need a little break? Do you need a little vacation? 100%. Yeah, need a a little break. Um, Do a little bit of traveling uh, with some friends, have a little fun, and, and, you know, kind of just enjoy life and um, enjoy the benefits that come with all the hard work that we put in. Has it set in maybe in your travels, plane ride or whatever, that what you guys
0: did as a unit to kind of bring Jacksonville to life, what the city was like for these last few weeks was pretty awesome.
1: You yeah. guys
0: felt that, right?
1: We definitely felt it. Um, and we want to keep it, you know, heading, heading that way. We want to keep ascending um, and, and what we can, you know, bring to the the whole city, the whole county. Um, you know, uh, that, that was very inspiring as well. You guys last week
0: said a lot. Blake Bortles has earned a lot of your respect. It's the yeah. huge topic right now. I mean, that's come a long way. It, it, it is I mean, is that true? Is that like,
1: hey man, we are riding with Blake. Uh, you know, I we we definitely we rode with him during the year. Um whatever, you know, the future holds for Blake. Uh, I wish him the best of luck uh whether it's, you know, I don't know what it may be. I, I wish him the best of luck. I have nothing but respect for Blake. Um, but whatever happens with this team, with this uh, franchise, I'm also excited and optimistic about that. Um, Blake did a lot of great things for us. Um, I'm happy that he was a part, of, a part of the history we made last year. Um, and, you know, I, I don't control any of that, so I'm going to just do my part. Have fun, man. Have a good break. Thank you. Good to catch up with Jalen. That was not a
0: ringing endorsement about the quarterback Blake Bortles. I will say that, and uh, maybe it was the way I phrased the question to him, but um, he wasn't going to make headlines. He, he kind of told me that before the interview. He didn't want the, to, this to be a headline making interview. And so we, we kind of went off topic from football in a lot of respects, but had to ask him about the quarterback situation. And again, this wasn't like, hey, sign him and we've heard a lot of guys say Malik Jackson uh, I think Marcel Darius AJ Boye a lot of these guys Tayshawn Gibson um, say hey man we want Blake back you know you're in the respect of the locker room and it wasn't like that with Jalen Ramsey but he doesn't do that with a lot of guys too so I think you have to take it with a grain of salt I don't think it was a knock on Blake so much but I do think he's not he, he just doesn't sit here and say hey this guy's the greatest even in his own locker room, um, outside of him and A.J. Boye. And I think that's just kind of the way he plays, the edge he has. It's not a knock against his teammates. He's not a bad teammate. But uh, it, it certainly didn't sound like, hey, if they brought Kirk Cousins in, that would be okay or a problem for uh, for Jalen Ramsey. So interesting comments uh, from the Jags cornerback. But uh, overall, you get the sense in the locker room that the Jags have a lot of respect for what Blake Bortles did this last year and uh, expect him to be back in 2018. A lot can happen. Kirk Cousins has been a big talker all week on Radio Row and here in Minneapolis. Uh, there's so many teams interested and really what's interesting to me is players have been outspoken. Patrick Peterson for Arizona and also Von Miller and a couple of other Denver Broncos uh, have been outspoken say, hey, get that guy here and interestingly enough we just took an uber ride and uh, uh the guy driving the car said hey get kirk cousins here <laughs> instead of any of the quarterbacks they have uh, or are going to be free agents in keenum bradford um and teddy bridgewater here in minnesota so uh, the quarterback situation all around the league is, is pretty interesting one but there are going to be five or six teams interested most likely in kirk cousins or you could make the case for them to get in the kirk cousins sweepstakes. We did catch up with one of the best quarterbacks of all time when it comes to winning Super Bowls. Terry Bradshaw has four rings. He's won four Lombardis and um He is, for that, considered one of the best of all time, and he's such a great personality. We caught up with him this week in Radio Row, and we had a lot of fun with Terry Bradshaw. Of course, Fox now signing a five-year deal for Thursday Night Football. That was big news during Super Bowl week. We'll have that on Fox 30 for the next five years, Thursday Night Football. So uh, Terry Bradshaw was a bit excited about that. And also, Terry Bradshaw is a believer in Blake Bortles. Here's our conversation from this week in Minneapolis with the Hall of Famer, Terry Bradshaw. It's hot, man. Whew. You took your jacket off at least. Oh,
2: yeah, rolled my sleeves up. Well, this
0: guy doesn't need an introduction right here. Terry Bradshaw making the rounds at Super
2: Bowl Crazy 50. Hey, nuts. Brent, this is nuts. <laughs> I've never done Radio Row before. The first time I've ever done it. And they, this 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 floor in particular, is they're packed in like sardines. Hey, Fox just announced five years on Thursday night. Good How deal for us Fox affiliates in Jacksonville. How about that? Isn't that good? More, uh, more is better. You know, now I got to talk him into letting me do the game. <laughs> you don't have fun. to talk him into that. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, uh, Blake Bortles. Yeah. When I say that, what do you say? I think he, I think Blake Bortles proved himself down the stretch um, played well in New England played well in Pittsburgh I, I if for some for some reason I remember telling Jimmy Johnson because I started I, I, break, I, be, I really started promoting him big and telling people get off his back and leave him alone mm-hmm. all right put some people around and give him a chance to be successful all right and then if he doesn't play well then criticize him but he I'm really proud of the way he stepped it up. And the way he played in those playoff games um, showed me something, and I like the way they play. I like the way they used him. Smart, good play calling, and uh, he responded and played great. Played, I, look, they got their quarterback. They just just keep putting pieces around and get it better. If accuracy
0: is your biggest deficiency, can you overcome that?
2: If they're wide open, you can. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a career 50. 50- 52% guy, and um, I didn't, uh, you know, people say, well, that's not very accurate. No, in today's standards, you're, you wouldn't even make it past preseason. But but, but back, back in the 70s, we had bump and run, and I mean, it was a little different game. So anything over 50% is pretty good, I thought, but now it's now, oh, my God, he only completed 65% of his passes, and you're going, 65% of his passes? He'll, he can, to answer your question, yes. He can he can spend a lot of time with his receivers and the routes that he had trouble with. I know he had some trouble with some deep passes. He can work on that. He can work on that and throw hundreds of it, hundreds and hundreds. And yes, you can improve it, absolutely.
0: I know you gotta go, but uh, you do a lot of laundry,
2: Tide. Tide, yep. I'm here for Tide, you know, number one, America's number one detergent, Tide. So I'm here promoting Tide and the Super Bowl commercial and having a great time. This is fun. Like I said, first time on Radio Row. Kind of awesome. We appreciate
0: you stopping by. Thanks for the time,
2: Brent. It was a little surprising to me that Terry Bradshaw's first
0: time at Radio Row. I figured this guy had made the rounds year after year after year. Um, It's so interesting if I could paint the picture here while you're listening to this Action Sports Jacks Pylon podcast brought to you by the Jacksonville Iceman. And if I could paint the picture of Radio Row, it's very interesting because it would be kind of fun And Dan Hicken has mentioned this before. It'd be a fun story to just kind of parade ourselves around with a handler and say, hey, this is Brent Martineau. Uh, Would you have time to do an interview for a couple of minutes? That's basically what happens, especially if you're an unknown, like Brent Martineau would be on Radio Row. Uh, But if you're Terry Bradshaw, you have two or three different handlers, people organizing your schedule, people kind of fending off guys like me asking for a couple of minutes from Terry Bradshaw. He even had security around him because so many people – want to talk to him and ask for the autograph. So uh, it's a very interesting scene. And I will say the one knock against Minnesota here, it was at the Mall of America, which is obviously a cool place, a destination place here in Minnesota, but it was a small area. So it was packed inside Radio Row. I've been to six straight Super Bowls. This is my seventh, I think, Super Bowl overall. And that was probably the worst setup for Radio Row just because it was hard to work in the environment. It was so tight. You could hardly walk from space to space uh, and for a guy like bradshaw it was that way in fact the reason we caught up with bradshaw is because he was sitting at our table and taking a break and so he said hey can we steal a couple minutes with you we spotted him and, and grabbed him for a couple minutes so that was kind of fun but um it's a madhouse on radio row especially when you get your big name guys uh, so bradshaw had a security guard two or three handlers and uh, that's kind of the scene uh, those handlers man they don't they they like to say no and you better be able to say no and then they get them off to the big national guys and and all these different interviews but uh, it's always fun to try to chase people on radio row and fortunately on Thursday we were able to land a couple of big names a couple of hall of famers Terry Bradshaw one, and Rod Woodson another uh, fantastic player for all those years with the Pittsburgh Steelers also the Baltimore Ravens this guy knows uh, good defenses when he sees them. And he also spent the last few years, which I didn't realize, coaching out in Oakland. So he had a different perspective on some of the young talent in the NFL. Here's our conversation with Rod Woodson at Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Rod Woodson, of course, the Hall of Famer, former great Pittsburgh Steelers, Ravens. I had to look up, I forgot you played for the San Francisco
3: 49ers. And I, I, I went out there for a year, tried to get me a ring, Unfortunately, you know, Jerry got hurt that year and we could not be Green Bay for a couple years. But you know, I was out there that one year and Green Bay beat us in the championship game to get to the Super Bowl.
0: What's it like coming back to a place like this where you see current players? I just saw you talking to some and all these older players and former players that obviously respect the heck out of your playing days. Does it bring back a lot of memories?
3: Well, it does. It's like a you know, big reunion. You know, we, we get together once a year. Uh, normally at this venue, uh, the only difference is like it's you know this is in a great mall of America. And you got a hundred radio stations crammed in this. <laughs> a little bitty area. <laughs> you know, normally it's spread out. It is. Um, but it's still fun. It's always fun to come back here and see friends and reminisce about the old times.
0: It's a big week in Jacksonville. Uh, Tony Baselli could go in the Hall of Fame. He didn't get in last year, but there's some momentum that he could go in. You played during the days when, when Tony was playing, and I know you didn't necessarily go up against him, but on the defensive side, I'm sure you guys game-planned for him at times.
3: Uh, what do you remember about Tony? Well, you don't game-plan for guys playing tackle like that. You just stay away from him. <laughs> (laughs) Like, don't let him grab you, don't go to his side. No, you know what, I mean, he he played well. Um, You know, when Mark Brunel and those guys were there, um, that offense was clicking and it was a hard offense to go against. And you weren't getting, especially on his side, to the quarterback. And even though Mark Brunel, even though how athletic he was, um, of getting in and out of the pocket, making plays with his feet, he had comfort because he had Tony Vaselli on his side. And anytime you have a player like that, um, that did it on a consistent basis—not like he did it one year, not like he did it for two years—he did it for his vast majority of his career. And you know, when you when you look at the Hall of Fame and you look at the NFL history about the sport itself, and you start talking about the game, can you mention that team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and not mention his status with the team? You have to. And I think once you start doing that, that's when you become a serious candidate for the Hall of Fame, which I, I believe in my heart that he'll make it. Don't know if he'll make it this year. I don't know how you know they vote nowadays. I don't really agree with the, you know, the whole uh, voting, uh, the, way they, the way they do their voting. I'm not real a fan of that, but I, I think eventually he will get in.
0: Before uh, this year, we were just talking about those Tony Baselli days in Jacksonville because it really hadn't been a lot of fun, a lot of losing football. But I think of your Steelers teams, we think defense, those Ravens teams, defense. Well, this is a young defense that looks pretty good. I don't know how much of a fan you are of the sport still and how much you watch. Did you check out that defense at all in Jacksonville?
3: Yeah, well, I was coaching for the last four years with Raiders. And, uh, you know, I graded out Ramsey coming out. I had him, I had him as the best corner coming out. Um, the one thing that surprised me is that he's catching the ball a lot better today than he was in college. Yeah. In college he was letting him go. That was the knock against him coming it out. It was. He, you know, I, I thought he needed glasses or something. <laughs> 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 but the guy was tremendous talent. And, you know, and what you love about him is that he's a competitor. That's what I, I, that's what I love about their whole defense is that they compete. And they're fast, they're physical, and they get in your face. With everything, they don't back down from anybody. Um, I love that, you know. You, you as being a defender, I just love the way they played defense this past year. Uh, hopefully, they'll keep it up. I think they will because they're all young and fast. They're going to be good. They can grow together, and as you keep that core, you keep that core together. Uh, They can become a pretty good uh, unit
0: you played corner and safety do your eyes when you watch a game kind of go toward those guys I know in TV sometimes it's hard to tell but I mean these two corners that they have with AJ and Jalen just I mean they're the best in the league this year probably most people would say
3: yeah I mean it's you know it's, it's it's hard to you know compare you know apples to apples but that defense as a whole was the best defense in the league and then and they did it because of what they did outside on the corner. The, you know, when you start playing, you look at the way the game is played today, it's 70% pass. You're, des- you're basically living on third down, every down. And they can match up with people man to man. They did not have to worry about anybody. And every now and then they would match up one side to the other, and they'll have Ramsey run with somebody, um, one receiver, uh, you know, matching uh, going back and forth. But other than that, those guys just lined up left and right and played great football. Um, I could see them playing that way for quite a while. And my eyes, did, my eyes, for the most part, do gravitate back to seeing the DBs because you want to see if they're fundamentally sound. You want to see what leverage you're having. You want to see where their eyes are at on the breaks. You want to see how they play the ball. You want to see at the point of attack when the ball is getting there, are they aggressive to the ball? Are they just trying to get the knockdown? Are they trying to go through the receiver? So those type of things, um, when you watch those guys play, They did all of the above. I mean, they were aggressive to the ball, they were trying to get to the ball, and they were feisty to the receivers.
0: Did you enjoy coaching? You are gonna do it again, or what do you think?
3: I'm not sure. Um, Coaching's a little bit different than I thought it was. Um, So my eyes might go back to TV and radio, which I did prior to. Um, But I, I enjoy giving back to the players what was given to me as I came through the league. Rod
0: Woodson, one of the best. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. Classy guy Rod Woodson is, you know, it's, I just set the scene for you a little bit ago about Bradshaw and the scene on Radio Row. Well, uh, someone pulled Woodson kind of away from us for an interview for 20 or so minutes, and his handler said, all right, let's move on, let's move on. And Woodson remembered that he had told us he'd give us a couple of minutes and uh, very kind to do so. So that was kind of nice to catch up with uh, Rod Woodson. The former Steeler, Raven, played for San Francisco. Um, I think he even played for a fourth team in there that I'm missing. But a uh, very classy, classy guy and classy player. I remember those playing days. He was uh, he's fantastic, fun to watch. And he was kind of one of those guys that even if you didn't like one of those teams, he was tough not to like. Just a really good pro and a really good player. Speaking of a good pro and good player, remember Torrey Holt, obviously the fantastic receiver on the Rams for all those years. But he did spend a year in Jacksonville. He, too, is doing a little coaching. He's also doing a little announcing with Sirius uh, XM, I believe it is. Uh, He's coaching some high school kids, doing a little bit of everything. And we caught up with him for a couple of minutes about this Jacksonville Jaguars football team. He remembers his time in Jacksonville fondly, even if it was just for a year and they didn't have a ton of success. But he was important for a lot of young people in that locker room back when Torrey Holt did play for the Jacksonville Jaguars for a short time, even if he didn't put up big numbers for the team. Always good to catch up with Torrey Holt. Here's what he had to say about the Jags organization coming off a big 2017. Well, what have you been up to? Been a, I know you had, you had a cup of coffee in Jacksonville. It was yep. great when you were there. Yep. But uh, where you, what have you been up to since?
4: Oh, I'm in North Carolina, man. And um, so raising my kids, um, also doing a little uh, high school football coaching uh, at Heritage High School and doing some radio work with SiriusXM uh, on their fantasy channel as, as well as their NFL radio. Um, on Sirius XM. So that's keeping me busy and also my brother and I are also business partners as well. So that's well, keeping me busy, man. You got a lot going on. Yeah. Hey, uh, what did you think about Jacksonville this
0: year? You know that fan base and how much yeah. they suffered. You were there for a little bit, uh, for them to kinda make a run
4: and kinda get back on the map pretty I thought it was I thought it was awesome. Uh, I was really, really excited and and happy for the fans. They've been wanting that that type of success for so long, uh, from when Tom Coughlin was there. Uh, so it's been a while, so it was good to see Coughlin back in the mix and um and getting things turned around i got a bunch of young good football players with a ton of confidence uh and playmaking ability uh jay sams i just met um uh, big corner i very confident and has definitely uh changed the tide of that organization and They've drafted well for a long period of time, and now those draft picks are are playing at playing at the level in which they drafted them. So that's that's a good sign. So I think they can only, I think the I think they can only go up from from this year. I think they can can continue to get better uh, on offense as well as defense. I'll
0: put you on the spot real quick, Allen Robinson. Yeah. Uh, do you watch his game at all before I he got do. hurt? And I mean, that, he's in a contract year, but they're going to probably franchise him or bring him back. Uh, how talented? do you Yeah, think he's
4: he's, he's very talented, very talented. I mean, he's he's been leading that organization from the receiver position for a long time now. Uh, so I hope that he gets back and he's healthy and uh, and can get back to the form uh, that he was a couple years ago. Um, And if that's the case, along with Leonard Fournette and D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee, um, the other kid, Cole, I think it is, uh, they got a ton of receivers at at, at that position that can make a ton of plays. And what I like of this group, they can push the ball down the field. It's plays that they can make down the field. And uh, and having Robinson back in the fold, he'll only help extend that more.
0: more. Awesome. Great catching up with you. Glad to see you doing well. Always, man. Go Jags. More interviews to get to, thanks to uh, Jalen Ramsey and Terry Bradshaw, Rod Woodson, Tory Holt, and let's add another old-timer into the mix. You remember this guy, Jack Youngblood, Florida Gator, He's in the Ring of Honor there for the Florida Gators. He was born in Jacksonville, Florida, and I asked him about that story because I think people forget about that. I always think, "Hey, isn't he from Jacksonville?" Then I ask around people, like, "Yeah, I don't know. I know he went to, he was in Gainesville with the Gators, but I'm not sure Jacksonville." Well, he tells us about that story. Tells us, of course, about the broken leg game, Super Bowl 14, I believe it was, where he played with a broken leg. Jack Youngblood, you think football? You think tough guys? You think Jack Youngblood? Our conversation with the Hall of Famer from Super Bowl 52. One of the toughest guys to ever play this sport. Played Super Bowl 14 with a broken leg. That's the infamous story, or the
5: famous story, really. Uh, how is that leg doing all these years later? I, I wish I had a, a at least a nickel for every time I've had to tell that story. <laughs> We'd all be rich. <laughs> for Jack Youngblood, who's born in
0: Jacksonville, he's a Florida Gator. I don't think there's a bad thing to be known as the, one of the
5: toughest guys to ever play this tough sport. No, it's not. No, it's not. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by, by people looking at it that way. It was just, it, it's a way of life that my, my grandfather taught me, my, and my father carried on too, yeah, that you, you go out there and you do your best every time you can. You were born in Jacksonville,
0: right? Give us a little bit of that story because I, I think a lot of people forget that they know you're a Gator,
5: but how long were, were do you live in Jackson? Granddaddy, Granddaddy was uh, sheriff of Nassau County, which is just above Jacksonville. He was sheriff there for 28 years and and my father and, and mother were there and the hospital was closed. The story I got the, the hospital was closed when she went into into labor. So they rushed her down to, to Jacksonville. So the birth came came there. And then your
0: house tied in. Do you stay with the Gators? Uh, do you do you watch what they do from afar? Do you, are you interested still in the program?
5: No, I I, I keep an eye on them, and, and I think we've made a we made a a really good move with with, with Dan. And uh, I wish actually I wish they'd have, they'd have made that two or three calls earlier, but they didn't. And, but we have him now, so I think we're we're on the right path. We'll get some good players again. We've got some players. We got to clean up some things, but that's that's always part of the you know the deal. But yeah, I I keep I keep a good eye on him. How much of a fan of the NFL
0: are you now? How much do you follow? I uh, mean, did you did you watch that Jacksonville defense, the Jaguars, what they were able to do this year? This young and upcoming defense. Are you that much of a fan?
5: When you start. When you start hearing about it, yeah, I, I, I like to watch you know good players and and, and good uh, you know organizations. It, you know I, I've always I've always been a Brady fan. You know it's, it's just amazing what that young man has. You know he's he's done with a different cast just about every other year. I mean there's a different bunch of you know characters around him, and he and he keeps doing his best. You know, and he keeps winning. So, yeah, I, I keep an eye on it.
0: This is a big weekend for the folks in Jacksonville because Tony Baselli could go in the Hall of Fame. How old well do you know Tony? Do you know him at all? Do you remember his playing days?
5: I, I do, and remember watching him. Remember thinking, I'm glad I didn't have to play against that big boy. <laughs> and uh, and have you know, people have asked me, you know. What would you think about that and i said yeah you know, i think he deserves the vote win is another thing i've had voters
0: why do you keep coming back to this is there something that kind of brings back the stories uh, we see almost every year at the super bowl uh do you enjoy it you see some of those folks in the hall of fame some former players that you play what is it about it
5: yeah the relationships you know that, with the guys and 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 with uh chris visser brings me back we uh, uh we always try to do something you know with the veterans when we're here, and so I appreciate that. And, you know, we, we, we've we got Merlin's Olson, uh, Olson's luncheon tomorrow, and you don't miss that, because that's that's another relationship, you know, situation where you, you appreciate them.
0: Very good, Jack Youngbud, always good catching up with you. Thank you, Thank you, Jack Youngbud, born in Jacksonville, maybe really Nassau County, and of course a Florida Gator, forever, thanks. I love catching up with Jack Youngblood. I feel like he just came out of an old Western movie, got the cowboy hat on, has a cigar, got the boots, and uh, looks like he kick somebody's butt, even at the uh, age he's at right now. (laughs) It's just the way it is with Jack Young, but a lot of fun. I feel like we catch up with him uh, just about every year on Radio Row at the Super Bowls, and uh, always fun to do it. We appreciate his time. All right, break away from football for a bit, because we have the Super Bowl racing coming up at Daytona in just a couple of weeks, and a lot of different topics to get to in NASCAR. So uh, let's explore that. Let's kick off our Daytona 500 coverage a little early. Kevin Harvick was at the Super Bowl here in Minneapolis, and we had a chance to catch up with him for a few minutes. He's become one of the old guys in the sport. Remember, a lot of the big names are retiring. Here's our conversation with Kevin Harvick, an NASCAR driver who's been to Victory Lane quite a bit the easiest segue i have to say super bowl racing coming up you looking forward to daytona
6: yeah that's a pretty easy segue but it is definitely the super bowl of, of our sport uh, as we lead into the daytona 500 hard to believe it's within a couple weeks here february 18th will, will be the race so uh, we're looking forward to, to getting the season started and no better way to do that than in daytona kevin
0: harvick has a ton of wins he has a daytona 500 win as well in 2007 i believe it was how special is that still to you despite you being in victory lane so many times
6: in your career yeah, there's no other place like winning a day at, at the daytona 500 and I'm, I'm glad i got to experience that uh, because there's really nothing like the daytona 500 and going to victory lane and holding the harley J. earl trophy and, and seeing your name on that list of greats that have won the daytona 500 is is something that uh, like no other so I'd uh, love to do that again and it's been a while. Budget. There's so much unexpected yeah, in sports.
0: Yeah. I, I know. How do you view each season I've going in? You obviously you have high hopes I mean, like everybody you know, does, yeah. spring training in baseball, yeah. training camp in football. So obviously you want to have a big year. Right what gives you the comfort level oh, so that you here's guys here's are about to
6: have a good 2018? 2018? Well, the good news is this is our fifth year. Uh, virtually nothing has changed within the number 14 that, that we have uh, and have run well with over the last four years. So as we go into year five, um, you know, I think you lean on the strength of of your your team and the experience and the organization has been successful with uh, two championships in 10 years at stewart Haas Racing. So that's what we'll do. We we, we have to get on the racetrack first though. That's what we have to do to understand the things that we need to work on where we're at from a performance standpoint and then go from there. By the way, this is Terry Bradshaw over here yelling behind us he's loud. He He is loud, but that's okay, he's Terry Bradshaw. (laughs) How big of a fan
0: are you in the other sports? Is football one of your primary sports that you're a fan of?
6: Well, football is definitely a primary a sport of ours. I live in Charlotte. Uh, we're suite owners at, at the Panther Stadium. Uh, we entertain uh, people throughout the whole season uh, in, in the suite. So it's, a, it's an important tool on the marketing side of what we do on, on, on the management side at KHI Management. And, and um, we follow the team week in and week out. So it's been, been fun to, uh, uh, to live in the city and, and, and see how Charlotte absorbs everything that the Panthers do. Dale Earnhardt.
0: Uh, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, all these guys have kind of stepped aside now uh, in, in racing. You're, with all due okay. respect, you're one of the old guys now. Uh, what keeps you going, and is there something in sight that you have set? Said, said, okay, I, I've got to do this or that before I say no more racing?
6: Yeah, well, yeah, I think the the one goal for this year is to try to win on the two racetracks that we hadn't won on uh, on mm-hmm. the circuit we've never, we've uh, never been in Pocono and... and um, Kentucky Um, you know those are two goals and obviously racing for another championship but I I really haven't set a goal I'm still having fun Uh, I'm still competitive and doing all the things that I want to do and you know I think I think a couple of those guys had some injuries and different situations as to why they retired uh, when they did and and, you know I think when you have conversations with some of the older guys like Dale Jarrett and Rusty Wallace I think they feel like they quit too soon so as in everything else that, that I've ever done I feel like those types of decisions just present themselves and they just happen. Is the sport okay without some of
0: those stars? I mean, those are big stars, and obviously yeah. you're one of them too. So, but but when you have that transition, uh, sports always talk about that, whether it's golf with Tiger Woods or something else. But can you guys survive as you transition into this young era?
6: Well, you know, I think as you look at it, it's it's an interesting time, and I think it's a great time for NASCAR. And I, I think as you as you look at where things are going, you have the you know late teens, early 20s. Uh, kids coming in you have the early 40s late 30s guys that are on the tail end of their career so it's almost like a father son mother daughter uh, age split that that uh, that you have you know I think as far as the Dale Junior thing goes I think Chase Elliott can be just as big a star has that connection to the core fans and um, you know as soon as he wins a big race or wins one race uh, he's going to be a star in the making
0: what is you've been to victory lane so many times on different circuits Mm Does it still feel the same? I mean, obviously, Daytona 500 probably does, or you win that Sprint Cup championship or Monster Energy. Now, um, what is, does it feel the same rush, that same joy, uh, when you end
6: up in victory lane now? Well, it's it's a lot of work, no matter where you win or how you win or uh, what you do. <clears throat> but I think as, as you look at it, seeing the smile on your team guys' faces and, and knowing that you beat the rest of the guys in the garage on that particular day, that accomplishment and that fulfillment uh, with that group of guys that you've made that connection with over the years is pretty rewarding. So uh, going to Victory Lane is is important to go for them and just as rewarding to see the satisfaction on their face. Have you ever counted how many hats you have to wear in Victory Lane for pictures? I need to count, but it's a lot. It takes about an hour to go through all the hats in Victory Lane, so it, it definitely takes a while to do the hat dance.
0: What what do you do after a win? What's the celebration? Do you remember 2007, Daytona? You take all those pictures, you do all the media, do you go
6: Party? They send you to, the wor- to work, um, you know, and the guys that work on the car have to fly home and work on the cars for the next week. Uh, our schedule is, is pretty set, but when you went to Daytona 500, that's one of the things that are different. You go on a you go on a media tour, so you go um, put your hands in some cement, they put your car into the uh, museum there outside of the racetrack, and then they send you to New York and California and Connecticut and all the places uh, that, that you go for, for a national media tour that go with it, and then you get to go race the next week and come back to Atlanta. Unbelievable. It uh, drains you a little bit probably for that next week. It's a good drain. That is a good
0: drain. Hey, why do you come to Super Bowl 52? What, what are you helping promote and why Why do you want to be a part of this kind of atmosphere? Probably well, one of the biggest events. Yeah,
6: yeah, this is a this is a huge event to have this many media outlets in one spot is is huge for uh, us to not only promote the Daytona 500. Uh, Bush Beer has done a great job of, of promoting our sport. And this year they're bringing 500 fans to the Daytona 500 uh, that will get Basically, a VIP treatment. So, you can enter the, enter the contest up until Sunday, and you can go to bush.com to, to find out more details about that or find a golden can in a 12, 18, or 30 pack and, and uh, show it off on Instagram or Twitter.
0: Awesome. Kevin Harvick, best of luck. We'll see you in a couple of weeks at Daytona. Thanks for having me. Good stuff with Kevin Harvick. Of course, we'll catch up with him again in about a, a week or so. Uh, I think it's February 14th, Valentine's Day, Daytona Media Day, and that's also right during Speed Weeks. And uh, lead us right into the Daytona 500. We'll have plenty of coverage. We'll be there in Daytona most of that week, especially on Sunday, the race on Fox. Fox 30, and we'll have a pre-race and post-race show as well. Good to uh, catch up with Kevin Harvick and all the others that we caught up with throughout this podcast. We appreciate them coming on, giving us a few minutes, and we appreciate you for listening. When we do another podcast, it will likely be on Monday. I'll be rejoined by Dan Hicken back in Jacksonville. We'll be home from the cold, cold, bold north, and we'll also have a Super Bowl 52 winner. If you missed it earlier in the podcast, I think it will be the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll find out if the Eagles can bring home the Lombardi Trophy to the city of brotherly love. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the weekend. Have a fun Super Bowl 52, everybody. Although it would have been a lot more fun if the Jacksonville Jaguars were in it. This is the Action Sports Shacks Pylon Podcast brought to you by the Jacksonville Iceman. Hockey is back in Jacks. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week.